0: Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are people that you can easily talk with. To find them, all you need to do is visit the CFAX 1070 website and look under shows. So that's www.cfacts1070.com. Look under shows to find us. It's the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe and there on our page, you'll find their contact information, or you could always find me online or on social media too. Uh, Additionally, to Denise and Lori, if you need real estate help, you could always ask me as well. I find that I need to remind people every once in a while that uh, this is a great little role for me here on CFAX. I enjoy doing it. However, my number one day job and what And uh, expertise for the past 26 years is in real estate. So if you need uh, a second opinion or you'd like to buy or sell here in Greater Victoria, feel free to give me a call. I'd love to chat with you. Uh, My office number is 250-370-7788. We have a special guest today for the entire show. We'll have the president of Victoria Real Estate Board, Arabella Banian, who's here in the studio with us. We'll be having a conversation on the Victoria real estate market, what the victoria real estate board does things like how to lodge a complaint limited dual agency double ending so much more i don't know where the conversation is going to bring us because there's so much content that we can talk about Uh, but before joining or having ara join us here let's start our show with our weekly listener question and as a reminder if you have a question or curiosity about real estate Call us on our CFAX hotline, which is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us online at www.cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. This week I received on LinkedIn a question from Monica. Actually, a reminder as well. You can find me on LinkedIn. So, uh, (laughs) There's so many ways to communicate nowadays. Uh, Email, Facebook Messenger, WeChat, WhatsApp, uh, and LinkedIn. uh, So many things. You can find me. Uh, So here's Monica's question. We have a sale in place on our house, but we're worried about the shift in the market. We wonder what will happen if the buyer doesn't close on the contract date. Does this happen often, and what happens? I guess what she means is what happens in that case. Uh, We bought another house and are scared. This is a really good question, and one that we haven't had pop up yet. It's true, you know, there's been a bit of a shift in the marketplace, not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, we've had a really strong go here for the past 18 months, two years. Victoria has been one of the hottest markets in Canada uh, following Vancouver and Toronto. And it's true. I mean, it was relatively easy to sell or has been easy to sell for, for some time. Uh, you obviously have an offer in place on your house right now. And the concern, uh, not just for yourself right now, but that sellers always have is between the time that you have yourself a firmed deal and when you move, what happens if the buyer changes their mind in between? And I can understand the reason why you're bringing this up right now is because when the market starts softening a little bit, uh, it is possible that buyers... Lose uh, the sense of urgency. They might start wondering if the market will start shifting in their favor. Is there an opportunity for them as a buyer to decide to bail out and not go ahead with the agreement that they've made with you? Well, I have to tell you, for me, it's been 26 years. We're gonna have Ara on, uh, here in the studio in a few minutes' time. He's been he's even longer in the business than I. Uh, I have to say, in 26 years. This has only happened to me once. And, and I mean, 26 years and about 2,500 or so transactions. It is a very rare occurrence. And there's a few reasons why. So, the first thing is when you made your sale, a deposit or stakeholder was made as part of the arrangement. That's the deposit. You know, uh, it's uh, earnest money that gets held in trust, usually with the buyer's real estate company. And the reason why the money is there is because it seals the deal. It first of all prevents you, honestly, as the seller, from deciding to sell to another party. You know, maybe if there was more money involved or something, you cannot because you're married to the contract because of the fact that there is earnest money involved. But most importantly, the buyer themselves also to it keeps them honest if it works because. Because again, they have the deposit in place, their money is put on. it no longer belongs to them. The money is being held in trust as part of the sale. If something did happen, and if the buyer did want to bail out uh, at the last minute, there's a few things that happen. The first thing is they forfeit their deposit. And this is the reason why, from a seller standpoint, you always want as strong a deposit as possible. And in fact, we had an offer just last week on one of our properties where the buyer made a $3,500 deposit. And our question was, why is that so low? It's very easy to walk away from $3,500. It is much more difficult to walk away from $50,000 or $100,000. I had a sale uh, last year, uh, a high-end property, where our buyer made a $500,000 bank draft deposit. Now, that is a sign of seriousness. And the reason being is they're not going to walk away. Now, that being said, for some people, $5,000 really means as much as $500,000. We get that. But the message here I'm saying is with a strong deposit in place, it really prevents the buyer from deciding to change their mind. Now, they can not only just lose their deposit, there is potentially more at stake as well, too. So, They can lose the deposit. You, as the seller, can actually go after them for a number of things. For instance, potential loss. Uh, If you had to resell the house and you ended up selling it for less than the contract price that they had committed to, you could potentially sue them for the difference. And there's other things, too. Um, There's real estate involved. So, for instance, uh, the buyer's realtor might argue that they did their job. They introduced the buyer. They made the sale. They are entitled to their uh, real estate brokerage fee. And, again, uh, you as the seller would have the opportunity to go after a number of these uh, expenses and costs. Um, So what I want to circle back to here, though, Monica, is does it happen often? It doesn't. I'll ask Ara that in, in just a moment here as well. The system that we have in place here in British Columbia is really quite stable. It's a very secure system for people to sell their homes. Like I said, for me, in 26 years, I've, I've seen it happen once. And actually, in that particular case there, it was not the buyer that bailed out. It was actually the seller who ended up going bankrupt and couldn't uh, sell their new development at the time. For me, That was about 15 years ago, so it was a long time ago. Uh, So it is a very secure system. Uh, Again, uh, Monica, I I wish you the best because I expect that everything will be just fine. And, of course, the concern that you have is the fact that you bought another house. So you're relying on the funds from the sale of your home in order to do that. By the way, that also, too, is another thing that could be shown to be a damage that you could sue for in, in that particular case. So thanks for your message, Monica, and to everyone else. As a reminder, if you have a real estate question you'd like answered on our show, please visit the cfax1070.com website or call our hotline at 250-414-6540. And for those of you who have been scrambling for your pen and paper because I've been rattling off a few phone numbers and emails and all that, Don't worry, because if you go to the CFAX website, you'll find our prior shows as well. So you can listen streaming to our uh, whole home shows. And the other thing, too, is we have podcast. So you can go on iTunes or Google Play and download our podcast. You can listen to us uh, while you're driving in your car in the short commute, which is Victoria. I say that because I just came back from Vancouver and wow, uh, I do really appreciate the fact that we don't have to drive too much around here. This is such an amazing town. Uh, Before we go to a break, I want to quickly talk about what's happened out there in the real estate market. As I pointed out to Monica, there's a bit of a shift that's happened. We've seen things like a raise in interest rates. we have seen uh, inventory growing a little bit. There is still interest out there for buyers who want to buy. Uh, as I've said to people a lot recently, really what we're at right now is we're returning to probably what is a more reasonable and natural state in our Victoria real estate market. And it, it's it's due because we've had this craziness for Two years. And for a lot of people, it was too much. And, and I'm speaking to all of you right now who are listening who had the pain of going through bidding wars and multiple offers. I know it's not a fun thing. We've had so many clients that have written five, 10, even 12 offers before they actually, they succeeded to get their home. It's not a lot of fun. It's not meant to be that way. Uh, The other thing too is we saw 22% growth in values uh, last year in 2016. Are we seeing that now? No. I mean, now it's time, like I said, for uh, us to get back to normal. Anyways, we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back afterwards with Victoria Real Estate Board President Era Balabanian. You're joining us on the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe, talking all things real estate. My guest today for the rest of the show is the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Era Balabanian. Era uh, graduated in civil engineering at the University of Waterloo, and he has a master's degree in engineering from the University of Guelph. Uh, He came to the University of British Columbia and moved to Vancouver Island in 1980, and in 1986, he pursued his longtime interest, in real estate. Uh, Ara is also an instructor for British Columbia Real Estate Association, uh, as I am as well, too. Uh, and in his recent past, he has managed three real estate offices here. Ara, thanks for joining us.
1: It's nice. Great to be here, Tony. Nice to see you.
0: Yeah, first of all, I have to tell you, I, I and I have mentioned this before, I know, when we all... All of us new, brand new realtors take our courses. We take our post-licensing course. So we get our real estate license, uh, and then we have to spend a number of days in class So in 1991, when I was brand new uh, newbie realtor, you were one of my instructors. I remember that. Yeah, well,
1: (laughs) you know, it's great that you would remember. And that was one of the highlights of my career up to this point is doing that post-licensing program. Got to meet all the new realtors as they were coming in. And it's really great. I'll bump into some of them in supermarkets and things. And let's say, "Era, I just want to mention to you, you know, you were one of my instructors. And I still remember the session that I had with you. It's, It's very gratifying.
0: Well, I remember, too. It was 26 years ago. And, of course, I am an instructor right now for uh, the British Columbia Real Estate Association, so I get what you say nice. because I, uh, I've been doing it now for, for a bit, and it is it's very gratifying. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, our, uh, the 2017 president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, uh, let's, let's start by telling us what's happening out there, your view and the Real Estate Board's view, about the market in Greater Victoria. Um, I think you covered it pretty well in your opening statements there, Tony. Uh, it's uh,
1: very active right now. Uh, it's not what it was last year. In a way, I agree with you. It's not a bad thing that it's not like it was last year. Last year was an absolute record-breaking year, and the activity level is a little bit more moderate this year. Having said that, if we were to take out last year's numbers, uh, we would see that this year we're
0: getting higher level of activity than ever in the past 25 years. So it's still very active. Well, and that's uh, that's one of the problems, right? Because if if people are comparing just the last year, they go, "Oh my goodness, sales are down sixteen percent. The market is falling." But as you just pointed out, if you scrub away the two thousand and sixteen figures, it is still on record a very strong year.
1: It is. It absolutely is. If we had not had last year, we'd be looking at this year and thinking, "Oh my God, the market is just absolutely gangbusters," and it kind of is. Now, where we're seeing, you know, a lot of angst is. Uh, there's seems to be more demand, especially in certain areas in certain neighborhoods than the, there is product and that 's leading to everything that you just talked about a few minutes ago multiple bidding offers, wars, yeah. bidding wars, a lot of people being disappointed when and, and when a property goes on the market, there can only be one buyer yeah. and if there 's you know six offers there 's going to be five disappointed people we can 't help that yeah. uh, but uh, and, and I agree with you Tony one hundred percent I think we are Slowly, and I mean slowly, capital as moving towards a more balanced situation. We're seeing uh, more inventory. Uh, we're seeing fewer sales, which will help to balance it out. And I think as time as we move forward through this year, and especially with some of the steps that the government has taken as well, we're going to see things going back to a more normalized market, which I think everybody's happier with.
0: Yes. Now, as the president of the Real Estate Board, and I held your post back in 2008. You so did, and you were a very respected uh, president. Well, thank way. you. Thank you. Time <laughs> has flown because it feels like a very long time ago. But, but in your role as the president of the Real Estate Board, you are the spokesperson for the organization. So <laughs> one of the things I want to remind listeners today is you are not here speaking as a realtor or a salesperson. You're not here um, speaking about um, – uh, you're, you're here to talk about an association. So the uh, association has, how many members are in the real estate board right now?
1: Well, we're about 1,300 and something. Uh,
0: It fluctuates a little bit here and there. Uh, it's, It's increased by about 300 in the last three, four years. Yes. And that is the number of licensed realtors in Victoria. Right. And for those who are wondering, that number is a little bit high based on our population. Like we see other market areas. I mean, I was in Winnipeg a little while ago. Uh, I was also visiting uh, St. Catharines last year. And looking at the numbers of population relative to realtors, the, the, like Victoria seems kind of high. But I think both you and I would agree. The number is always it's always consistently been about this, right?
1: Um, you know, it's varied from about 900 to 1,600 yes, at one point. That was memorable. a real anomaly. It was, it was crazy. Uh, and it tends to sort of follow the level of activity that the marketplace has. Mm-hmm. If we're very, very busy, we seem to get more
0: people that want to become realtors. And when things slow down, many of them find that it's just not the place that they want to be in. Well, it's interesting because that's something that you and I really understand. Because when we have we get assigned classrooms for new licensees, right. all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's a lot more classrooms. <laughs> Is right. happening, right?
1: Yeah, I know, absolutely. You it, it can really predict the the number of people that are going to come on board based on the number, amount of activity
0: out there, for yeah. sure. Well, you know, one of the questions that comes up is, is that is that a lot? Because, you know, a couple months back, there were more realtors than there were listings. Isn't that funny when you say it that, that
1: way? Yeah. Um, so you can just – I know people think that realtors have a very uh, – um, uh, I don't know, uh, expensive lifestyle and... Leisure. Yeah, yeah, this is it. But when, when you put it in those terms, you can see that like, as a realtor, you really have to work hard uh,
0: in order to find the properties that your clients are looking for and... Uh, and everything else that goes with the territory. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, I mean you just mentioned our, our, our range was it was actually between 800 and 1,600 realtors. I, That's I a remember big range, that. Yeah. Right. But but it's interesting because I, I I as a practitioner I always find that we're always dealing with the same two hundred, maybe three hundred realtors. And my thought has always been, what does that mean? And and I think it's a reminder that there are a lot of licensees that do it on a part time basis. And it's interesting because this industry allows that to, to, to happen. You know, people can do a, a transaction every once in a while. Other people are very busy. They do 20, 50, 100 transactions in a year, right? Yeah, you know,
1: you hit it on the head, Tony. Like, It's the kind of business that gives you the flexibility to be as busy as you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people, it's not something that they want to be you know at the top of the pile or make a huge sum of money doing it they they like doing it uh, and they're happy doing maybe five to ten t- transactions a year that, that that's their choice uh but uh when you see the same two hundred, I think it's about two hundred but I'm seeing a lot of the newer realtors um, who have taken this on very seriously mm-hmm. and uh the marketing techniques are changing. Um, yeah. I'm feeling a little bit <laughs> left out of the loop. You and some I of have conversations <laughs> about social media before. <laughs> I know. That. So, yeah. and, and, and so
0: I, I think that you're going to see uh, a, 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 a new wave coming on board as time goes forward here. Yes. And when you're talking new realtors, like we're talking uh, agents who have been licensed maybe in the last, two or three years, right? right. That's right. And uh, relative to you and I, they are very young. (laughs) Well, yeah, relative to a lot of people, they're very young.
1: Uh, But believe me, they're very competent, and they're hardworking people, and they're doing very
0: well because of it. Yes. So the other thing, too, you just pointed out, that this business here suits those that that want to just do a little bit here and there. It's common. We do find that for many, it's a second or third or even fourth career, right? You know... um, when you and I first started, you could not do this part-time. That's right. It was a, um, it was a law. That's right.
1: It was a law. And, and that changed due to based on competition. I, or, the I Competitions Act. There, yeah. there was all kinds of reasons why they changed that. Um, but in spite of that, you know, I still don't see very many uh, realtors... Who are uh, doing it just part time with another job on the side? The ones that do, do very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like this is a difficult enough profession that you've got to get both feet into it, or you're just not going to do well. well while we're on that subject of the word realtors, I just want to sort of mention one thing that all licensed uh, practitioners are not realtors. Yeah. I know we use the word realtors very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's important to note that like, if you're dealing with a member of the real estate board, they are realtors and the realtor is a designation. Mm -hmm. And it's based on the fact that when you become a member of the board, you become a member of uh, uh, the Canadian Real Estate Association, which has the right to give you that designation of realtor. And as a realtor, you're obliged to do certain things that a normal licensed practitioner does not need to follow. For example, the code of ethics, which I think is very, very important. And you're also obliged to maintain your license by continuing your education. These are very important things for people to know that
0: the word realtor does not just simply mean someone who sells real estate. Yeah, it's not something that they just walked in and bought this permit and said, I'm a realtor now.
1: No, exactly. You have to go through steps. You have to become a member of an association and you have to continue to sort of maintain uh, your uh, proficiency by taking courses and qualifying and so on.
0: It's, it's an important thing for people to understand. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. There are people that actually have their real estate license, but they're not members of the board. Exactly. Consequently, they cannot call themselves realtor, right? No, exactly. I, you know, it's, it's a very dangerous thing for us as a profession to sort of, like, overlook that. It, it, if
1: we're not careful, people will just assume after a while that uh, when you say, I'm a realtor, that just it just means I'm a, I sell real estate.
0: Let's talk more about that. So we have on our studio in our studio right now Arab Balabanian, who is the 2017 president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. We'll take a break, and we'll rejoin him and just a moment. Hi I'm Tony Joe and you're joining us on the whole home show. My guest today is the 2017 president of the Victoria Real Estate Board Ara Balabanian and we have just started having our conversation about the realtor designation and a little bit about what's happening in the Victoria real estate market and the board. So again Ara, thanks for joining us. You had just finished talking about uh, the how realtors receive their designation and about the fact that it requires regular maintenance of education. Uh, and it, we, are, we are actually held to a very high standard based on our code of ethics. And you and I know this very well because we teach that. We're, we're instructors at, at the British Columbia Real Estate Association, or have been. Um, now, one of the things that comes up often is in the media, especially in the past couple of years, particularly in Vancouver, there's been a lot of conversation about realtors doing very bad things. Uh, there was that conversation in Vancouver about property flipping and about realtors making all this money by flipping the same property, leaving the consumer with the short end of the stick because maybe they sold very low. It caused a number of things to happen, including the provincial government uh, creating their own real estate council uh, to start um, basically trying to get the real estate profession to, uh, to clean up their act as it were now. You are the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. And, of course, uh, everyone—well, by the way, I, I, we should start by saying this is—it's it, in a very important position. Like, you didn't just become the president. Uh, I, Like I've said, I was there before. <laughs> it meant that we got elected by our peers. That's and right. How and many, how many terms? Are you third third term? This right? is
1: my uh, fourth term as uh, a as 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 board of directors. Be- yeah. Uh, and this is my—well, my,
0: it will be my only year as president. Yeah. And, so so just going back, it meant that we, you had to get elected by our peers, which is the membership of the Read the State Board, That's and right. you've done so four times. I did so three times. And uh, from the leadership and the executive, you were chosen to be the president this year. So this is not mm-hmm. a easy position to get.
1: No, yeah, You're right, Don, and it's one that you have to really want to do because there's a lot of... Uh uh, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with it, uh, yes. but you know, after you, you know, people like you and I who've been in this uh, profession for as long as we have, it just seems like a natural thing to want to do for the for the community that you that has
0: served you so well. In well, and in, in right now, I want to give you a shout out and a shout out to all the people who serve on the real estate board. There's eight or nine directors of the real estate board, That's right? right? Um, the people who actually volunteered their time to work for their industry. These people are. This is not a job. They give freely of their time. They sit and chair committees. They are really working towards the betterment of our association. I know that other... B- other um, industries have this too, the law profession, the accounting right. profession, and all this. But you know, I, I have intimately seen it from from the real estate standpoint. Anyone who serves at the real estate board or the organized real estate level deserves to be commended because there are thousands of other licensees out there who, really, frankly, only want to do business and sell a house every, every once in a while, and they want to get the services of the real estate board, but they haven't given back into into the real estate community. And you and the others have. So, so you know. Well, that's, uh, good of you to
1: mention that, Tony. I we appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Um, but I will go back to, uh, uh, you know, what you were talking about uh, with the Code of Ethics and what's taking place in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things I'll mention is that, um, you know, when you, first of all, Victoria, we've been very, very fortunate. And from the day that I got my license here in Victoria to today, what I can tell you is that we have a very, very responsible workforce here. We really do um you're talking about the the realtors the, the realtors yeah. absolutely absolutely they're a, a terrific group, and i 'll just point that out by like you said i 'm one of the instructors for the province, and the course one of the courses that I teach is ethics, interesting yeah. enough, and during that day when we teach that, one of the overwhelming sentiments that I hear from the realtors is, how can we raise the bar? How can we be even better than we are and i 'm not just saying that right now uh, that is one of the main. In things that realtors want to do. They want to make the profession even more professional, if there's such a thing, than it is today. Um, when you hear about those instances in Vancouver where there's a handful, and I mean a very small handful of realtors who have managed to sort of, I don't know, find a way in sort of uh, profiting that may be outside the boundaries um, it gets a lot of press. Mm-hmm. It gets an awful lot of press, and rightly so. They shouldn't be doing it. It's as simple as that. I'm not defending it. Believe me, uh, they should not be doing it. But it does make it appear as though that that's something that runs rampant within the industry. It does not. Yes. When you consider the, the tens of thousands of transactions that we conduct in a year, that we help to conduct in a year with, for people, uh, it's a very, very small minority. I mean, it, dozens, in fact, if, if that, that go sideways like that. And so I think that, um, it, you know, it can be overblown. Um, it shouldn't happen at all. Yeah. But it has happened. And uh, it, the government has sort of taken
0: steps to try to see if they can make that even more difficult to happen again. Well, in, in a sense, sometimes it's not bad to have a little wake-up call. Oh, you're right. Because some of the changes that are happening are not necessarily, I mean, perhaps they're good things. Uh, but to like to close those loopholes that somebody has found, uh, I, I, perhaps it's not a bad thing. I, I agree with
1: you. Uh, you know, um, if the changes that the government makes uh, improve the situation for the consumer, uh, we're, we're behind it. Mm-hmm. We're behind it 100%. Uh, and sometimes that's what it takes to sort of make things move forward. You can get a little complacent. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned just a moment ago about our, our workforce and, and how the realtors in Victoria work very well together. I have to say, cause I, and I'm sure you have too, like I've taught in Vancouver. Like Vancouver right. has, uh, I think it's 18,000 or 20,000 realtors. Yeah, yeah Oh and listeners should know too Toronto now is approaching 50,000. So that there amazing? are 48,000 <laughs> yeah. realtors in there. But let's let's not forget Toronto's a vast area, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So Victoria has 1300 or so agents. And I have to say, I always appreciate the fact that our community is small enough that we all pretty well know each other. We do. So when showings are happening, we know that agent, Uh, especially if it's a good agent. We can say, you know, I can vouch for them because they they have integrity. They have a good track record. They are good people. Uh, same could be said in reverse, unfortunately, sometimes <laughs> we, right? we try to,
1: to yeah, you
0: know. But um, it, you in, know. in Vancouver, particularly when we talk to agents, it is common that they're dealing with people. They don't even know. They've never laid eyes on them before. Because right. with 20,000, uh, agents, it's, it's a very different sort of community. And for us, I think Victoria does very well in a collaborative state for, yeah. for real estate uh, professionals and transactions, right?
1: You know, Tony, I, I'm also going to mention something about the nature of our business, um, it's um it's kind of unusual when you look at any kind of a profession first of all because like um in the offices that i manage for example even though it's it's one office every single person in that office is competing with every other member in that office at its core that's kind of it, how that's it's what up. it is because yeah. you know they're all going for a listing and it could turn out that they're all going for the same listing whatever and so there's they're always competing with one another and yet as soon as one gets a listing then suddenly they want to cooperate with the same people that they've been competing yes. with. Yeah. And so it's, it's a very odd business because, like, on the one hand, we're competing with each other, and on the other hand, we want to we want to cooperate with one another. And, you know, we, we manage that balance very, very well in this town. And so I, I, that's why I say, like, I mean, we've got a very good
0: workforce here in the real estate field. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great it's a great community. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I, I'm going to mention this when I first got my license. Jack Petrie, I'm going to mention his name. Oh yeah, uh, he was one of my instructors, uh-huh. and he said uh, that um, being a realtor in Victoria is like having died and gone to heaven, and then uh, Saint Peter greets you at the gate and says, "Geez, you've been so good in your whole life. As a reward, we're going to send you back to Victoria, and you're going to be a realtor there." <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Oh Jack, well you know <laughs> I, I I guess maybe after this show here we might have a run for more realtors uh at the Victoria Real Estate Forum. <laughs> <laughs> well that
1: would be all right as long as they want to play uh you know up to our standards. That's the main thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The um I just want to wrap up our conversation uh, before we take our next break here uh, about that whole Vancouver thing and 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 everything. Uh, we'll talk in a few moments about what happens when a consumer has a bad experience with a realtor. And uh, there are remedies. There there are ways for people to complain uh, to the real estate board. Sometimes they, they're not aware of this. Um, we are most definitely a, a self-policing industry, right? And, uh, I mean, let's face it, it. For many, it is the biggest investment in their lives. It is a huge responsibility for us as real estate professionals. And uh, people like you, I mean... We're here to protect the interests of consumers, really, to make sure that because um, let's face it, without the professionalism of our industry, it'd be very easy for consumers to uh, decide not to use the real estate, the real estate professionals, right? No, oh, you know, if if we weren't doing a good job, we wouldn't be in business. Era yeah. Balabanian, president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll follow up uh, again right afterwards. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today in the studio, we have with us the 2017 President of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Era Balabanian. We've been talking about ethics and professionalism, Era. Uh, the real estate industry. I mean, I, I get people, and I know you're you're a managing broker, so you get questions all the time, as I do. People are like, "Hey, I want to get into real estate business because it seems really fun, seems really cool, make lots of money." What's usually your response when somebody? Somebody says that to you. You know, it's um,
1: often people say, oh, I want to become a realtor. And I say, oh, why is that? And they say, well, I I like houses and I like people. And I'm thinking, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm not sure if that's the right reason for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, what I, it's not a quick answer. You know, when people want to, if they're serious about it, we sit down and have a lengthy chat and we go over all the, well, One of the things is the financial uh, resources that one might need before they even enter the business. Mm -hmm. Um, The time commitments, uh, if they're family people, then they have to sort of understand that, like, sometimes the evenings and the weekends may not be your own. Uh, But it's, it's it's a terrific business for the people that it suits. It really is.
0: Well, it's funny because I I think people generally know the drawbacks about the business, but they're still curious about it anyway. So the first thing that you mentioned is the financial responsibilities. And and I I think what you're saying is people need to understand that you're given away a steady paycheck. You are. Because even if you made a sale the first day you got licensed, which I would say is probably very rare. Difficult. Difficult. You do not actually earn your first Commission check until when the sale closes, which is often sixty days, ninety days, one hundred and twenty days. If you're if you're selling a pre-sale condo, for instance, it could be a year or two years down the road. That's right. So the question is, how do you feed yourself in the meantime, right?
1: And this is because in that time period, your uh, expenses are still
0: going on. Thanks for bringing that up too. And it's true because it's not just that you're not getting paid on a regular basis; it's now all of a sudden you've got all these expenses you never had before. That's right. Right. What are some expenses people? No. Uh,
1: again, we have an interesting business because we sort of um, we don't receive uh, any payment until the job is successfully completed, hmm. which means that uh, we pay for all the expenses normally, depending on the business model that is out there actually, that you're part of. Um, things like. Uh, Uh, photography, measurements and advertising and all those costs that are associated with marketing a property, we pay those costs up front. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, you don't see any kind of a reimbursement until the job is completed successfully. If the property doesn't sell, then... You've just incurred a lot of expenses that you may not see a compensation for.
0: And it can be a lot.
1: It can be an awful
0: lot. And the other thing to, to consider as well, too, are licensing fees, the cost right. of being in an office. You need to be in a brokerage, have a manager like you overseeing their, their transaction. There There is a lot of ongoing costs. I often tell people it, it's, it's really no different from having your own retail store where you pay a lease, you pay staff you pay your phone bill, you pay all these things, except for the fact that we as realtors don't technically have that storefront. Yeah. But if you take off for a month on holiday, you might not make a sale, but you still have those ongoing expenses. In
1: fact, the Revenue Canada category is independent contractor. Uh, so we are not paid employees. Uh, we don't have those benefits. Uh, we are in business for ourselves on our own. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, something that appeals to certain people. Yes. Uh, It did to me, and obviously it did to you, Tony. Uh, But it's not for everyone, for sure. I
0: I should mention there's a statistic from the National Association of Realtors. That's the governing body of the American Real Estate Association. It has a membership of about a million people. For any listener who is interested in the National Association of Realtors, the website is Realtor.org. Uh, and they do research, they do research and uh, statistics on a regular basis. Uh, I saw a statistic a little while ago that said that the average realtor in uh, in the states. I guess it would be similar in Canada mm-hmm. as well too. The average income was fifty two thousand uh, dollars in about that area.
1: You know, that's higher than I thought it would be to be honest.
0: Yeah, although that doesn't take into account expenses. Oh, well there you go. Then that's more sensible. <laughs> yeah, when you factor in the desk fees, the advertising, all that yeah. kind of stuff, uh, even for somebody who just d- who dabbles in the business, you're looking at 30,000 something thousand yeah. minimum expenses. So, that 50,000 quickly turns into less than 20,000. Yeah, yeah. And for many, that is much less than they would have been earning elsewhere, right? Uh,
1: for some people that's adequate. For some, that's, uh, you know, that's not good enough, and that's why we do get a bit of a turnover in the business as well. Yeah. But the successful ones, they, you know, they're successful because they work hard, they understand the business, and the core of the business is to deliver the service that the community and the clients need and want. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a difficult thing. When you consider what we do, we, we handhold people through the biggest transactions of their lives, and you know, there's very few times when people would buy or sell something more valuable than this. And we are their trusted uh, consultant in this matter. And uh, it's a difficult position and a responsibility to take on. Uh, and if you can do it well, then you will be compensated appropriately for that job. It's a big, it's a big responsibility.
0: And actually, one of the mentors that I have always he always says that we earn what we bring. To consumers, so the value that we bring well, uh, is a, is is correlated in 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 our earnings. The as as a career, you know, you you had mentioned time. You also said that time is not your own. Tell tell listeners a little bit about that. Well, again, it's one of
1: those things. I think everybody knows. Uh, Almost everyone knows. One does an open house take place. It's usually yeah. on the weekends. Yes. Uh, so who's over there doing the open house in it's midsummer or whenever it is, it's, 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 it's the realtor. So to do a two-hour open house, it's usually at least your afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it don't just pop, appear there, and then disappear two hours later. Um, A lot of uh, uh, people work during the day, so any time that you're showing properties um, is probably after hours for them, which means evenings. Uh, If you're sitting down with people to um, put together a contract or an offer or whatever, it usually takes place in the evenings. It's seldom that people work uh, in real estate during the daytime. It happens the odd time, but it's mostly evenings and weekends, which is the times when, you you know, most people would like to spend the time at home with their family. So it does come into, you know,
0: cut into your family time a little bit that way. For sure. And a moment ago, you were also talking about how we take care of a very important aspect of people's lives. And in, in reality, we, we are counselors, are we not? Oh,
1: you know, in the top three, I think buying, selling, and moving is in the top three most stressful things that happen to someone in their lives. I think, you know, loss of, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, someone close to you, a loved one is up there. Loss of employment is up there. And I think this is probably number three. Um, And people are under such stress that they have difficulty making uh, good decisions sometimes. And they need someone beside them who knows the the landscape, you know, uh, for the values and that kind of a thing. And the regulations to sort of give them appropriate and good uh, advice at that time. Yes. and um, you know it's everyone's right to sort of not use a real estate agent during they this have process. that option absolutely yeah. this is not a law I mean in fact it's you know it's everyone's right to do it on their own but so many people and and particularly the most um, experienced home buyers and sellers will always look for a good agent to work with how oh, true You know, just because they're experienced, that makes them even more likely to look for a good agent because they know
0: that the the real estate market is full of things that can trip you up if you're not careful. Yeah, We're (laughs) on the line right now, or we're here in the studio with Arab Balabanian, who is the 2017 president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, talking about season Real estate buyers or sellers who always have a real estate person. We had on air a few weeks back, uh, Mike Watkins, who's a a wealth advisor, financial planner. And it's the same story. Like the people who uh, really, who, who have done well, always have the coaching and the direction of a professional. You could do it yourself if you want, right? That, that is an option.
1: Tony, I'll tell you something. Else. When I listed one of my own properties or the other ones, I, I listed with another agent, not me. Yes. It's difficult to be objective when you're trying to negotiate with someone on your own. You need someone in between. It just makes it so much easier. And realtors are very good at negotiating. Yeah. They take the emotion out of it.
0: So one of the things that comes up every once in a while is you know in the twenty in the twenty six years I've been doing it, and you've been in now for is it thirty over thirty, or, just over thirty. Okay, <laughs> uh, so technology has changed because oh. you see we have for those of you who, who maybe remember we had these catalogs that used to be published every two weeks, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and that was the MLS system. So you flip through the pages, you look through you know look at the prop. It was published every two weeks, so the information frankly was two weeks old already by Always. the time you got it. Uh, now of course in the past 20 years, we've got this thing called the internet. And nowadays people are shopping for everything online. They're looking for household items. They're looking for, you know, clothes. They are looking at real estate online. Realtor.ca has been a huge benefit to consumers. For those who don't know, Realtor.ca is, um, it's a service that all 90 some odd real estate boards in Canada uh, uh, participate in. The Canadian Real Estate Association provides Realtor.ca now, a lot of people think that Realtor.ca means that they don't need Realtors anymore. And what do you say about that?
1: Um, you know, I, I think Realtor.ca is a wonderful tool for the public to look to see what properties are available. The information on there is uh, fairly good, but it's not complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding the home is one part of the equation. Finding the property that may look interesting is one part of it. Um, the rest of it is something that you may feel comfortable doing on your own, um, but I think having someone um, as your representative in the process, and it, it is for me, it would be very important if I was a, a buyer. Uh, there is something that we haven't talked about, which is the, the concept of agency. Yes, um, and uh, a- agency is something that is well, it's a cornerstone of our business. Uh, we are agents. I mean, the
0: fact that we So we represent.
1: That's right. I mean, an, an agent um, is a, a person who acts on behalf of another person or a group. Right. And so um, as a real estate agent, we behave um, for our clients. We behave in their best interest and so on. And so a, as a buyer, if I'm working with a realtor, he's my agent. He is responsible. To, he has fiduciary duties towards me. Uh, He has to, you know, be honest and loyal and uh, uh, detailed in his work and so on. And so you have somebody working on your behalf and
0: with your interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's critical. Yeah. And, of course, if the agent does their job, does it well, sees the sale through the very end, then they will get they will get paid
1: that's what well, it's a job like
0: <laughs> this yeah. is
1: what we get paid to do is to make sure that we uh, we sort of uh, shepherd people through this process which can be very daunting and very difficult you know i always say if you get a willing buyer and a willing seller in the same room together mm-hmm. it's the
0: perfect recipe for disaster <laughs> okay yes <laughs> well because there's 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 two there's two uh, opposing Absolutely. Uh, interest there, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And
1: so you need th- that sort of uh, buffer in between to make that transaction work
0: well for both parties. And I guess what you're saying is the realtors are the buffers. We are,
1: and we take a lot of heat sometimes. Yeah. We're the bearers of uh, unpleasant news at times, uh, but that's... What we do, and uh, without that, I think the public would find it much more difficult to buy and sell properties. All
0: right. Well, Era, thank you very much for joining us this week. Era uh, again is the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. It is the governing body, basically, of the realtors here in Greater Victoria. If anyone would like more information about the Real Estate Board, the website is vreb.org. That's Victoria Real Estate Board.org. Uh, or you can call their number, which is on their websites two five zero three eight five seven seven six six. Thanks for joining us, Ara. Well, thank you so much. Tony, It being was a lot of fun. <laughs> being a quick show. We'll have you back another time. and thank all the listeners for listening. We'll be here on the whole home show with Tony Joe for you this time next week.